nursing industry is one of the fastest growing career forces in the world today. There are so many issues in the healthcare field these days relating to nurses that simply are not discussed in the media. Welcome to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with Leanne Meyer. Our program will help you with the most relevant information if you're in the nursing field or are planning to enter the industry. Now, here is your host, Leanne Meyer. Thank you all for joining us again today for a conversation. This week is on servant leadership, the medicine to cure management poison. Um, I I have very strong feelings about this particular subject. Uh, The term servant leadership kind of popped up in the 90s and the 2000s and um, was somewhat misunderstood by a lot of people. They thought they were, uh, that management was supposed to be um, under the feet of their employees and things like that. Completely wrong concept. Um, The whole thing is really about treating people um, uh, with respect and uh, with listening to their individuality, et cetera, thinking from the standpoint of um, how can I make their life better rather than make their life miserable. So um, I was thrilled to hear that that is another, uh, that, that it is making another round, uh, or perhaps it's always been here and I just wasn't aware of it. Uh, but when I was talking with my guest today, Shannon Whittington, she mentioned that this is a prime area of interest for her also. So the topic is important to me because through whatever magic of the universe, I was fortunate enough to work in an organization where a significant number of the leaders practiced this management style and everyone else was taught and shown through modeling and behaviors just how effective it is. I was the leader who could easily have gone another direction. In my late teens and 20s, I was what could be called a bitter young woman. In fact, I was called a bitter young woman. Um, The first thing out of my mouth generally was apt to be a complaint. uh, And I could go on for probably 15 minutes with the same kind of uh, uh, complaints uh, going along with it. So... um, I was insecure about myself, and I covered it with being assertive, sometimes to the point of aggressive. I instinctively looked for what was wrong with others um, before what was right. Soon after my first promotion to assistant manager of an OB unit, I started off very serious about doing everything right and making sure my staff did the same. So within weeks, I was pulled into the manager's office who sat me down and told me that seven of the best nurses on the floor had each sent her a letter saying that my behavior was not acceptable and that they wanted me fired. I was shocked and then ashamed and then went home and cried for three days. To my credit, I came back and I sincerely apologized individually to each and every staff member because I didn't know who were the ones that had written the letters. I just apologized to everybody. And then I asked and listened to what they needed from me. Within two more weeks, each nurse had gone back to my manager and said that everything was going well and she could forget about their previous complaint. So today my guest is Shannon Whittington. She's an RN and MSN, and um, she is an expert in servant leadership and also in transgender health expert in the greater New York City area. If you're thinking she sounds familiar, she was just on in September, so um, probably might sound um, familiar to you. So Shannon, welcome. Thank you for coming back. Thank you so much for having me today, Leanne. I'm so excited to be here. 
Yes, this is um, really, really. I, I'm. I can't. Uh, I can't go too overboard here, but I am really happy with it too. So, tell us about your uh, experience. Kind of what brought you into nursing, uh, and then what got you involved with servant leadership. Well, I was brought into nursing at like two years old with my aunt who was an LPN. So I like to say, I told you last time I grew up in a nursing home and that's that's when I was first exposed to nursing, uh, giving out fake shots and fake pills, which all of the patients took my shots and my pills. Uh, That didn't happen in real life. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, so I got a taste of it then and I knew at five, uh, I even wrote this down at five years old, that that's what I wanted to do with my life, that I wanted to be a nurse. Hmm. And that's exactly what I did. Uh, what got me into servant-based leadership and is because, you know, having been a nurse for so many years and now talking to so many nurses all over the country, which is how we met through LinkedIn, mm-hmm. I realized that there's a real need for this. There's an absence of servant-based leadership across our healthcare organizations. And I wanted to contribute to the nursing field beyond clinical, because I do that with transgender health, right? Beyond, uh, excuse me, beyond evidence-based practice. And I think both of those are really, really important. But I think the most important thing as nurses, healthcare professionals, healthcare organizations, is how we treat people. How are we treating people? It's so important. And that's why I went and got certified. Let me tell you, it was hours and hours and books and books and books and four intensive Mm -hmm. days of intense learning. Um, But I did it. And I want to bring this into our profession because I think it's so needed. Yes, I agree. And I also think that it's one of those things that if you have not seen it in practice, uh, it sounds kind of uh, Pollyanna-ish. And um, I can see where lots of people would just kind of push it away as, you know, uh, the uh, thing of the month or the, you know, whatever it is. But I think if we can really go back and really utilize it, I I had the fortune, again, as I said, to be in a whole organization that embraced this concept and did everything from this point of view. And just the feeling of the units and of the people, just the relaxedness that people felt like they could be comfortable and confident to say pretty much whatever they needed to to a manager and know that they would be supported if there was a disagreement by HR and there would be people to be um, able to come and talk with them if they needed help with conflict resolution. Um, They didn't have to worry that uh, they would step out of line and somehow or another get fired or or get um, demoted or some other equally negative thing. Yeah, and, and where did that go? You know, yeah. I'm sure there are some organizations that are doing that, and kudos to them, but I know there are a lot that aren't. You know, are we able to speak truth to power? Mm-hmm. Are we able to go to HR with a complaint and feel that it will be resolved? You know, there's a lot of fear around that. There's a lot of fear around mm-hmm. backlash. Uh, am I going to get a heavier assignment because I complained? Uh, that kind of thing. And, and, and you know, that's, that's simply just not good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just it's uh, it's an environment that's already super stressed, and if you're going to add that from the people who are supposed to be supporting you and making your job easier, uh, that trust level just isn't there, and it leads to lots of miscommunication or non-communication, 
Um, and, and it just is not a good plan. So um, talk a little bit about, um, you had mentioned that you had some experience uh, that led you to want to know, know more about uh, interacting in a more positive way. Yes. Well, you know, I've talked to a lot of nurses here within the city because I'm involved in a lot of organizations, uh, network quite a bit, and then across, you know, the country too. And I find that, you know, there's a very large turnover of nurses, uh, Mm -hmm. particularly new nurses. And I think people don't leave jobs. They leave people, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, Toxic work environments is one of the main reasons why people leave. You know, we know that 70% of our nurses leave because of their bosses. And I was thinking, like, what, what, what is it that's making nurses not feel valued or or appreciated Mm -hmm. in their organization? And that's exactly what is lacking. You know, I've worked in organizations where, like you, it was so supported, and I've worked in organizations where it wasn't. And, mm-hmm. you know, like you said, you're coming into a job that's already stressful enough because you're handling people's lives. You know, no matter what area we're working in as nurses, you know, at some point we're handling people's lives, and that's stressful enough as it is. I remember when I first graduated, just knowing that those patients along that hallway, I was responsible for them. It terrified me. Mm-hmm. And I was I was just 22 years old, you know, and you don't really have a lot of life skill at that age. And you really need to... You think to you do. <laughs> to, yeah, oh, yeah, of course, you think you know everything. Um, you need to look to senior nurses, um, management for support. Um, I had heard so many horror stories during my rotations, my clinical mm-hmm. rotations. You might not even believe this, but I actually waited eight months to enter the profession. I was really? selling shoes at J.C. Penney. <laughs> oh, wow. I continued to work there. And everybody said, but I thought you were a nurse. I thought you graduated. And I would just come up with these stories. Yeah, I did. You know, I'm just taking a break. I'm going to start. And I chose to work minimum wage for eight months huh. because I was too afraid to enter the profession because I'd heard so many things. And, you know, I don't know, you know, the power of the word or what, if I created it for myself, but I can tell you that when I did enter the profession, I spent two years of being bullied by nurses who were twice my age. Uh, Mm -hmm. It was absolutely horrible. Mm -hmm. Had nowhere to go to, no one to turn to. Was that the Uh, nurses eating their young kind of thing? Oh, oh, for sure. Was that the nurses eating their young? Yeah, that's what it was. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm telling you what, they mm-hmm. sliced me up and, you know, it was, and I, I didn't understand what I had done. You know, I was taking responsibility mm-hmm. for it. I kept going, but I'm nice. You know, why, why are they doing that to me? And then, <laughs> yeah. you know, if I didn't know how to do something, they would say, oh, but, you know, because I was the only one on the floor who had my bachelor's. Mm-hmm. They all were associate mm-hmm. nurses or diploma nurses. And, you know, we know that BSN nurses don't have usually the same clinical hours. Maybe that's changed of, of late, but mm-hmm. I didn't know what I, I was doing. I don't think so. And, yeah. And it was just horrible. Absolutely horrible. And, and yeah. you know, even though it's been so, so many years ago, I remember it very vividly. And I remember making a declaration to myself that when I got in my 40s, I would never do that to a nurse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
So with your, um, you talked about the class that you took, so you learned a lot um, mm-hmm. about uh, the whole concept. Can you just kind of give an overview? Um, I gave a very brief, you know, one sentence uh, concept of what it's about, but go say a little bit more about it. What What is it that is different about this type of leadership than, you know, what maybe other people are doing? Okay, so it's servant-based leadership. Um, I was certified by the John Maxwell team. Uh, John Maxwell is the number one leadership expert in the world. He's written over 70 books on leadership. So I was specifically trained by him and his team uh, about, oh gosh, seven months, 500 hours, um, Mm -hmm. six books. I had to go through all of that, lots and lots of modules and stuff. But the the overall... um, you know, I guess one sentence would say it's all about others. It's mm-hmm. not about position. It's not about title. It's about others. How can we add value to others? How can we support others? How can we appreciate others? And, you know, Leanne, for me, it really goes back to kindergarten. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So say more really about does. that. <laughs> well, you know, um, I'm writing a book called Kindergarten for Leaders, oh. and I was felt that, you know, this was so needed for uh, nurses and, and people in general to remind ourselves of what those uh, rules were that we learned in kindergarten. So I was very excited. I called my mom. I'm like, Mom, <laughs> you know, I'm writing a book, and listen to the title. It's called Kindergarten for Leaders, and she says, well, honey, you know, a lot of people skip kindergarten and go to first grade. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's you know, our problem. Everybody skips. Yes. There are so many people who skip kindergarten. So she didn't exactly. quite get it. You know, so I said, wait a second, that's not the answer that I was looking for. Yeah. And I said, okay, mother, let me tell you what it's all about. And she said, I don't need you to tell me what it's all about. I'm telling you people skip kindergarten and go straight to first grade. And so you got it right away, right? But I thought about Mm -hmm. it for an entire day, and I thought, you know what? She's right. They do skip kindergarten. And I'm talking to some people that I work with. They're like, oh, I skipped kindergarten. I went went straight to first grade. Like about five people said that to me, and I was like, hang on a second. If we skipped kindergarten and went to first grade, that means that we skipped a lot of those rules that you learn in kindergarten. Mm -hmm. Or we have forgotten them because Mm -hmm. they're so simple. But they're so, so powerful and effective. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, with the, I, I know you haven't uh, completed the book. You're in the process of writing the book. So yes. <laughs> what, what are you wanting to share? What is it that you think um, you learned in kindergarten that all of uh, the leaders uh, in any in, uh, industry could use? Yeah, and you're right. It's in any industry. Well, you said, what do I want to share? Well, that's the first one. Share your biscuit. <laughs> share your biscuit. <laughs> You know, okay. like, are you are you sharing your knowledge? Um, mm-hmm. I remember when I was in kindergarten, uh, a girl would come to school with my buddies, and she always had chicken and stars in her thermos. Mm-hmm. And I would sit there across from her and just want some of those chicken and stars so bad because my mom would never make that. And mm-hmm. sometimes, maybe once a week, she would share her chicken and stars with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've never, ever forgotten that. And I think, you know, they have the saying in kindergarten, sharing is caring. But 
I think a lot of times we're afraid to show, to share our knowledge because we're afraid that that person might end up being better at it than we are. So exactly. when I talk about how, right? Mm-hmm. When I talk about how my first job and I didn't know how to do things, you know, an LPN taught me everything I know. An LPN showed me how mm-hmm. to put in an NG tube. An LPN showed me how to train a dr- change a dressing. Mm-hmm. You know, all of those things because the nurses wouldn't share their knowledge with me. But I think one of the best things that we can do is to share everything that we know without being afraid of that person is going to be better than us. They might. Mm-hmm. But look at the mm-hmm. contribution that you've made to their life and to their career. And they may go on to do amazing things within that organization or others, but knowing that you had a part of that feels mm-hmm. fantastic. Right. Right. I absolutely agree with you on that. And you mentioned um, that that the other people may be afraid or that maybe when we're not wanting to share that uh, we're afraid that somebody else will will do it better than us or will tease us or, you know, give us grief about whatever it is that we're we're saying. But that's um, kind of that model back when I was first becoming a nurse in in the 70s. um, Knowledge is power. And so only mm-hmm. certain pieces of knowledge were given to the nursing staff. Managers and above would keep various different things. And then oftentimes, um, you know how those things um, are, are happening and talked about way before they ever arrive to the nursing floor. So like a project is in, in, in the works and the managers are tired of it, have forgotten about it by the time it arrives on the floor. And then the nurses are like, where did this come from? Nobody told us this was coming. What is this all about? Why do we have to change? Mm-hmm. And it just becomes really, really difficult. Uh, to be able to get them on board. So Mm -hmm. um, I think that, you know, that whole thing with sharing starts with asking. So if Mm -hmm. I'm willing to listen to what somebody else has to say about any given subject and then say, you know, would you be willing to hear my thought about that? Um, Generally, especially if you've been generous enough to, to listen to them, they're willing to listen to you. So that's kind of a first start, and I think that's maybe also something you learn in kindergarten. We're um, up against a break, and I think this might be a really good time for us to just take a quick break. And so this is Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, Exploring the World of Nursing. We're talking about servant leadership as the medicine to cure management poison, and I'm talking with Shannon Whittington, uh, and we will be back in just a short period of time. Thank you for listening. Listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Now there's a new destination for video content. VoiceAmerica.tv. Just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7. VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. 
If you like what you're hearing on Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, consider supporting the show. In the one year since the show started, we've increased our listening audience by nearly 7,900% and our goal to reach 50 countries and counting. Whether you are looking to reach a regional, national, or worldwide audience, you'll have a competitive advantage by advertising on Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. It's the perfect platform. Contact senior executive producer Tacey Trump today at 480-294-6421. That's 480-294-6421. Take us on the go. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has a mobile app for iOS, Android, or Amazon Kindle. Visit the Apple App Store, Amazon, or Google Play to download the app powered by Aircast. It's free and no registration is necessary. In minutes, you could be enjoying your favorite Voice America Talk Radio host no matter where you are, in the car, out and about, while traveling, or anytime you can't be close to your computer. Catch up on the archives you've missed or discover new shows on the spot. Search Voice America at your favorite app store. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. Exploring the world of nursing with host Leanne Meyer. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to leannevoiceamerica at gmail.com. Now, back to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. Welcome back to the show. And again, this is one of my favorite topics. We're talking about servant leadership, the medicine to cure management poison. And I'm talking with Shannon Whittington, who actually was on about a month ago or so. And I had such a wonderful conversation with her. And then I found out this was an important thing for her, too. So we've been talking about um, she is in the process of writing a book about uh, Um, kindergarten for leaders yes that's what it is and then we're just talking about some of the specific things in the book that she's covering so Shannon what's next play nice okay yes this is a big one Um, I interviewed a five-year-old a while back (laughs) and I asked her what are you learning in kindergarten and she said well you have to play nice. Mm-hmm. And, and I said, what does that mean? She said, well, it has to do with kindness. And I said, what is kindness? And she said, well, you know, I helped my mom clean the entire house so she wouldn't have to do it. And when she came back from school, the house was done. That's a part of being kind, which is a part of being nice. And I thought, wow, you know, she totally gets it. I'm so glad this kid didn't skip kindergarten. <laughs> and how can we help people? You know, how can we be 
kind to people. You know, when you're crashing and burning on the floor, which this has happened mm-hmm. to me, you know, I worked on cardiology, and, mm-hmm. you know, if someone's coding, everything stops. What does that mm-hmm. mean? I can't pass my 9 o'clock meds, right? But if mm-hmm. I have a nurse come up to me and say, hey, Shannon, I, I, I see you're coding. I'm going to pass your meds for you. It's being nice. That's playing yeah. nice. Guess what? When she has her code, guess who's going to be the first person that's going to jump in there and help her pass her meds or help her with the code? I'm going to run mm-hmm. right in there. You know, it's mm-hmm. teamwork. And I think that's a really big thing in nursing. I've worked in several hospitals across the country, and sometimes when you're burning, you're just burning on your own. You're just burning mm-hmm. up because no one's helping you. And you know they're aware, and you come back and you run to get something, and you see everybody at the nurse's station doing their notes, and you're like, mm-hmm. wow, nobody's helping me. But I've also had nurses come and pitch in. And it was amazing. My meds got passed. We did the code. We transported the patient to the ICU. You know, it just all worked out, but it was teamwork. Mm-hmm. And it, gosh, I just can't say enough about being nice and kind and helping people. It sounds so elementary. It sounds so kindergarten, yeah. doesn't it, Leanne? And it, it doesn't sound very adult. You know, I think so many people are trying to um, uh, not be taken advantage of. <clears throat> and mm-hmm. that's uh, the other side of the coin for nurses is accommodation, that we want to help. We're helpers. And so mm-hmm. some of us just accommodate all the time, and we never step back and say, you know, no, I can't do that, or no, I won't be able to do that right now, or um, whatever it is. But one of the things I found a lot of times when I talk with nurses about um, doing kind things to other, helping other people out, their response is always, well, nobody ever does anything for me. Why should I help them out? And Mm. I always come back with, well, what if you started? What if you started offering to help other people? Would they then be willing? I know as a manager that when I would see the behavior, the people who were saying nobody ever helps me are the very people are saying they never have time to help anyone else. They never see Mm -hmm. anything outside of their own assignment. It's just like they've got blinders on and they walk down the hall and, um, you know, don't ask me. It's not my job. Yeah. You know, that makes me think of two things. Number one, Gandhi says, be the change you want to see in the world. So just like you said, it starts with you. Mm -hmm. And the second thing Don't be afraid to ask for help. Don't be afraid to say you need help. And, you know, Mm -hmm. during that time, I didn't know how to ask for help. Mm -hmm. And I nearly buried myself because I didn't know how to ask for help. Would they have helped me? I don't know. But I didn't know how to ask. Well, the message you were getting is you're a BSN. Do it yourself. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, I think I started to say also with that, um, I I went to a diploma school. And so we, when we were freshmen, we were actually helping the seniors from the BSN program that was coming to our Mm -hmm. hospital for their clinicals, um, you know, how to uh, take a temperature, how to um, uh, give a, you know, put a bedpan under somebody. I mean, just things like that. And so we snickered, Mm -hmm. you know, as we were feeling, you know, a little bit like, you know, how come they are considered so much better than we are? And um, in fact, we know more, uh, like you said, of the clinical side and the actual um, techniques of different things. Um, But the reality was, you know, we were trying to make ourselves feel better 
But the re- in reality, we didn't see that what was coming in the future is that everything was going to be moving toward BSN and above, mm-hmm. that they wanted to, in order to have a professional workforce, they wanted to have a highly educated workforce. And I think where they lost on that is that they just don't give enough time for clinicals. Um, I yeah, think that's I mean, part of why you, people leave. Uh, yeah. Have you seen where, is it like 2022 where they've realized that they need to change this um, and kind of revamp this educational system for BSNs? Oh. I was reading that because they realized that they're selecting these highly academic nurses, which right. there's no, no, you know, I have no qualms with that. But mm-hmm. you still got to know how to talk to a patient when the patient says, exactly. I see bugs on the wall. You know, so at least they're starting to realize that they need to make some changes in that area. Um, That's another whole topic I I love. and I'm Sorry, I got us off a little bit. So with the plain (laughs) ice, what I really suggest for people is if you didn't grow up with knowing how to deal with conflict, most of us learn to deal with conflict at home from our parents who probably Mm -hmm. were never taught either other than whatever was going on in their own household or their own family. Um, I really encourage people to go and take conflict resolution classes. Um, it's mm-hmm. amazing what you can learn learn about yourself, learn about others, find out that people aren't really getting up in the morning and trying to make a miserable day for you. They just really look at the world completely differently. Uh, so yeah. those are some of the things that, you know, again, it's like if you have skills um, my, my dad used to talk about it. He was a watchmaker and he had to look at a tiny little watch on his, um, on his bench and he couldn't take his eye off these minuscule little screws to get a screwdriver. He had to be able to know exactly where that screwdriver was and the right one that he needed and use it and put it back and get the next thing. And what he always used to say, if the only tool you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. And so mm-hmm. many of us, including me, would go around and pounding people with the same message. They got the message the first time. They just didn't agree with me. And I never was able to back up and say, well, what are your tools? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was I agree with part that. of my learning. So um, uh, you talked about nap time. And I, I'm very intrigued because uh, I do not think I got much or any nap time you mentioned nights and there were a few times on nights when I was able to grab a nap but very rare yeah so I mean the nurses like a nap what's that yeah. <laughs> but I remember time? again in kindergarten nap time mm-hmm. and we had to lay down on these pallets and be quiet I don't remember for how long I never did fall asleep because I, I was just <laughs> too intrigued by what everybody else was doing but as an adult I see that as self-care Mm-hmm. You know, as leaders, we are nourishing other people, or at least I hope we are nourishing other people. We're nourishing our staff, uh, supporting our staff. And there has to come a time when you're taking a little bit time for you. And, and it can be so many different ways that you do that. For me, I go get a facial. I go for my acupuncture. I'll go for a massage every now and then. I'll do my mani-pedi. Whatever it is to make me feel uh, like I'm being nurtured in some way, I think as nurses, we are so accustomed to helping other people and supporting other people, supporting our patients, supporting our staff, supporting our parents, supporting our kids. When do we support ourselves or who is supporting us? And I think we really have to carve out time if it's just 30 minutes to do something for ourselves because with that, we rejuvenate ourselves to be better supportive leaders. Mm-hmm. 
When I was teaching a nursing class, I used to throw it out to um, to the students. Um, you know, open up your planner, your you know, open up your calendar and your your phone or wherever it is you keep this stuff, and tell me how many times you are on your own calendar for something just mm. for you. And yeah, they would look at me like well, there's no time for it. And some people would say, well, I do have, you know, myself on for a Saturday morning, but I just heard that my mother needs me to come and do blank, blank, blank. And I said, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't count if it's only, uh, if if nothing else comes up, then I will do something for myself. It has to be, mm-hmm. this is just as important as anything I'm doing for anybody else. And we don't, we often don't give ourselves that leeway. Yeah, I mean, so true. I love that you did that. I actually taught a class uh, a few months ago, and I asked, very similar to what you did, everyone to pull out their calendar, and I was like, okay, mm-hmm. tell me the appointments that you have just for you. Let's look at this month. Okay, let's go forward 30 days. Let's go for And people just had put their calendar and their phone down. Yeah, no one had appointments point. for themselves. Yeah. You know, even after the 30, no one had appointments for themselves. And it's yeah. intentional. It's intentionally, and we have to really create that intentionally because what you find is that you're just going, and I see this all the time. You see people just going and going and going, and you see them looking so run down, and it's because they aren't nurturing themselves. They're not really eating properly. They're not getting the type of exercise that they need. It's just work, 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 home, 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 school, 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 whatever Mm -hmm. it is, and there comes a point where, you know, you just can't do it anymore. Right. Yeah, it's it's interesting, too, because as a manager, um, and this was not something I came up with, but um, other managers taught me or my managers taught me that many times, especially in healthcare, there's often we can't do a lot with salaries. We can't do a lot with giving them more vacation time or, you know, any other um, um, perks we might want to give somebody who's our star nurse. So coming up with what can I do is things like sending them to a, um, a class, like a day-long class or even a morning-long class and have them come back and, and share that with everybody else what they learned. And it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Just You feel like you're playing hooky and you get to have breakfast a lot of times or you, know, mm-hmm. you can have coffee all morning long. Um, and they really do come back excited about whatever it was that they learned and then they can share it with other people. And then the idea as a manager is just to make sure that you're looking at who is the next person not sending the same person all the time um, Mm -hmm. but really thinking in terms of who really needs a a boost right now who could who could use a break from the floor yeah exactly you know with my staff sometimes I will call them uh, for no reason at all except to find out how they're doing and uh, they'll they'll pick up the phone and say, I'm going to see this patient now. Um, she has this, this, and this. And, I'm going, and they just start telling me their day. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, but I was calling to see how you're doing. You know? Mm-hmm. They're like, uh, well, I'm doing okay. I still have four more. Pay-. No, no, no. How are <laughs> you doing? And then, uh, mm-hmm. are you just calling to see how I'm doing? Yes. I'm calling <laughs> to see how you're doing. I don't want yeah. anything else. I don't want report. I just want to know how you're doing. What a mm-hmm. difference that makes. And if, just like you said, if you pick that person out that could use a little boost, that person feels important. She mm-hmm. chose me to go to this class. That person feels yeah. important that they're empowered with the knowledge, that they can come back and share with the team. And sometimes mm-hmm. coming from their own colleague, they absorb the message even better than coming from their manager mm-hmm. or their leader, whoever yeah, that is. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. It feels like it's 
not uh, you have to do this. It's more, oh, this was so fun and I really got a lot from it and hadn't thought of doing this. Have you ever thought of, you know, it just becomes an interaction where it uh, uh, feels like an equal um, sharing. So um, right. what about do not steal? Well, this is big. Uh, I probably, I've been interviewing a lot of people about what they remember uh, about kindergarten, and almost all of them tell me do not steal. So we know, you know, don't take stuff. But what I mean in this instance is don't take credit for work that you yes. didn't do <laughs> because yes. people hate that. Yeah. You know, if you come up with it, it just happened to me, actually. I came up with this project uh, when I was in uh, graduate school about DUR, drug utilization review, and I came up with this whole pathway of, you know, uh, ways to um, make sure the medications are reviewed and there aren't any, you know, contraindications and things like that. And so I showed it to a colleague who had taken the same class, like maybe a few months before, just to see if they had any suggestions or what they thought about the project. Mm -hmm. And they looked at it and looked at it and stared at it, didn't say anything for such a long time. So I was like, oh, my gosh, I made the boxes the wrong shape, you know, because a square (laughs) means one thing, a diamond means another thing, a triangle means another thing. And, you know, they just didn't say anything for quite a while. And I said, should I change some of the shape of the boxes? Like, did I get that wrong? And then after, like, this silence that seemed like forever, they said, you know, um, I'm so glad that you showed this to me because I've been needing this for this project that I'm working on. Do you mind if I include it? And I was like, sure, you know. Yeah, flattered. Include it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This is a person more senior than me. Uh, And so I was like, great, because back to the sharing, right? Sharing Mm -hmm. of information. So the next thing you know, we're in a big meeting, and there's my up on the screen oh, with this wow. person taking credit for it. You know? Did she know you were in and, the audience? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. That's a lot of <laughs> oh, moxie. <yes. laughs> that is a lot of moxie. And I, I was so shocked. I kept waiting and mm-hmm. waiting for them to say, oh, and by the way, you know, Shannon came up mm-hmm. with this. No. Mm-hmm. Never did. Never yeah. did. And and that, and that is the kind me. of thing that you know, even somebody who has relationship. Exactly. If you have had trust with them in the past and they do that, they may never trust you again. Yeah. So oh, it's broken. You know, it's broken. It may seem like you're, you know, shining for that moment and I'm sure, you know, other people would be giving kudos to that person. But ultimately it works against against them. <clears throat> so it's kind of like, you know, don't just think in terms of What's going to be the best thing for me in the short term, but what's going to be the best thing for everybody in the long term? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Because I can tell you one thing, I will never share anything with them again. Mm-hmm. Like I said, it changed the relationship. I don't mm-hmm. feel the same way about this person, and I never will because mm-hmm. <laughs> because of that. So, mm-hmm. and, you know, in talking to several nurses, they all, you know, a lot of them talk about how they came up with an idea on how they could decrease infections with UTIs or bed sores. You know, those are things that are going on across the country, but not getting credit for it. You know, nurses are coming up with these things. Yes. Yes. And uh, nobody expects them to get credit. It's just, oh, yeah, they're at the front line. And, you know, isn't that great? And, and, um, you know, they shared this idea and I'm just going to keep sharing it. And, 
So, yeah. Um, so uh, we're, I can't believe how, pos- how it keeps happening, but we're uh, up against another commercial here break. So we're going to do that now. Okay. Um, so, yeah, we're talking, I'm talking with Shannon Whittington. We're talking about servant leadership, the medicine to cure management poison. Um, we could spend hours, I know, on this, but we're going to be back in just a couple of minutes and we will have a few more things to share. Your life, your health, your network. This is Voice America Health and Wellness. If you like what you're hearing on Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, consider supporting the show. In the one year since the show started, we've increased our listening audience by nearly 7,900% and our goal to reach 50 countries and counting. Whether you are looking to reach a regional, national, or worldwide audience, you'll have a competitive advantage by advertising on Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. It's the perfect platform. Contact senior executive producer Tacey Trump today at 480-294-6421. That's 480-294-6421. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now. To showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event, visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with host Leanne Meyer. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to leannevoiceamerica at gmail.com. Now, back to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. Welcome back, and this is Leanne Meyer. I'm talking with Shannon Whittington, and we're talking about servant leadership, the medicine to cure management poison. While we were on the break, I shared a quote that I had heard uh, when I was at a conference uh, for OB, and the keynote speaker was an obstetrician, or or rather the obstetrician, who had uh, invented the electronic uh, or the external fetal monitor. And his first comment was that there is nothing... Uh, in the world that humans cannot do. 
uh, as long as they don't care who gets the credit. And that's kind of with that do not steal feeling. It's it's right along there is that as long as everybody wants to um, cut it up into who's going to make the most money on this, there tends to not be a full sharing and therefore um, something is lost along the way. Absolutely. Yeah. So I noticed uh, one of the things you had talked about earlier was, uh, uh, I'm assuming this is another chapter, five fingers on our hip and one finger on our lip. What is that all about? Yeah. Um, That's all about trust. You know, Mm. can I trust you to tell you this and you not say anything? And I think as humans, a lot of times we have a really hard time with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, some, you know, one, one of my friends, oh, you know, you got, well, my hairdresser, he said, honey, you know, you got to tell at least one person or otherwise, or otherwise it's going to burn a hole in your throat. And I thought, <laughs> do you, do you really have to? Now, you know, do you trust your leader? I remember mm-hmm. having a boss and I didn't really know that I trusted her until the day I said to her, it was a Friday, I said, I have to call out on Monday. I told her in advance that I was going to mm-hmm. call out on Monday mm-hmm. because I had something that I had to do that was very important. I couldn't change it. And mm-hmm. she said, thanks for letting me know. And she went on to arrange and figure out a way to cover me where she wasn't mm-hmm. hit with that on a Monday morning. Right. And everything, yeah, everything was fine. And I, I was often wondered if I was a trustworthy leader Mm-hmm. Until one day, my assistant came to me and she said, Shannon, I have to call out on Monday. I got to go take something, go take care of some things with my kids. I have to sign these papers. If I ask to be off, they're going to tell me there's already two people off and I can't be off, so I'm not going to be here. And I said, sure, sure, no problem. Of course, Monday came. I had to act surprised. Oh, she called out. Okay. <laughs> but I realized that she trusted me, mm-hmm. you know, and that is Everything when it comes to mm-hmm. uh, being an effective leader, even amongst right. your own colleagues, can you be trusted? Because if you feel like you can trust or be trusted, mm-hmm. that strengthens the relationship. Mm-hmm. That kind of brings up the whole thing about rules, um, rules mm-hmm. to break, rules to keep, um, you know. And, and as a manager, I think you have to not just look at the rules as one rule, same Thing for everybody no matter what um, and um, so that kind of comes to mind as you're talking about that I was thinking about um, one of my managers and she used to talk about the four walls of of um, uh, what was real uh, something yeah. like that where she would talk about um, like there could be one wall that was just gas so it was like oh, easy to move through it no problem uh, mm-hmm. You can easily change that rule. Uh, another wall that's say um, rubber, so it's you know pretty firm, but you can push on it and and move it a little bit. So you know it doesn't have to be exactly this thing. Nothing nothing can be changed. Uh, she talked about one wall being glass, where it's really hard and you can't push on it. You can't uh, move it, but you can take a hammer and break it. Um, mm-hmm. And so there are some things that you know can be broken. And then the last wall is the um, cement block wall where you can't break it very easily. You can't move it. You can't um, push it in. Um, It is a law. Like you cannot be a nurse and work in any kind of official capacity without having a license. 
And mm-hmm. so those are the kinds of things is knowing what rule can be moved. And I think a lot of times people feel like it's easier. Just the rule is the rule. It applies to everybody equally and don't even think about changing the rule. Yeah. And it's interesting that you remember all four walls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I started and I thought, oh my gosh, what if I don't remember them all? <laughs> no, but you did. You did. Yeah. You know, I had um, a nurse, uh, gosh, it's happened a while back, who I couldn't find. It was like around 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And um, kind of unusual for that to happen. You know, calling him, wanting him to go see a patient, can't find him. And uh, I leave a message. I'm like, oh, I can't find you. Is something, you know, going on or whatever? The mm-hmm. next day, he comes in and he says, Shannon, first I said to him, um, that is unlike you. Is something wrong? Mm-hmm. And I'm so glad I started the conversation like that. I wasn't able to locate you. Is something wrong? And he said, yes. I was in the emergency room with X, Y, and Z. Please don't tell my wife. She doesn't know about it. Uh-huh. Please don't tell X, Y, and Z they don't know about it. I'm very sorry that I wasn't available. But it completely changed, you know, that's a rule that I kind of broke because exactly. we're not able to locate a clinician. Hmm, you need to be called in. Why are you leaving so early? Why can't you be found? Why did you disappear? Mm-hmm. But that's one of those situations where it's a very, you know, individualized um, thing and mm-hmm. something was going on with this person. Very out of character for them. Right. Right, and those are the kinds of things we need to, as managers, be aware of. And like you said, it's kind of like keeping, um, it's not like having uh, uh, favorites. It's really about uh, making sure that you really know and understand each of your staff. Um, And that works well on a small unit. When you become, you know, the, I don't know, the CEO or the nurse, chief nursing officer or something, you've got thousands of people reporting to you, that maybe becomes something you can't do on an individual basis. But even the people who are direct reports to you, to make sure that you know them, you know, um, you know, what's important to them and um, uh, what are some of the things going on. You know, right now with so many people dealing with abuse of one kind, or another, um, to know that you've got a nurse who has an abusive partner or um, mm-hmm. you know, something like that at home or a sick child or uh, who knows what all the possibilities are so that you can plan ahead. You know, if this happens, here's how you can let me know. Um, you know, if you have to take your child to the emergency room, uh, I would appreciate it if you would call and get somebody, uh, you know, to take your shift. Or maybe mm-hmm. it's, that wouldn't be possible in the emergency room situation. But, you know, come up with a plan ahead of time when you know that this is probably going to come up. How do we plan to mm-hmm. deal with it? And how so you've we got plan it. to support that person, you yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because things, things are going to come up. We've got our lives. Mm-hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. we have our lives and things are going to come up. We're all dealing with other things in addition to work. We all are. Right. Right. And I think, you know, there aren't, you know, there are, of course, there are people that are just punching the clock and, you know, coming and going. But I think we see less of that maybe in nursing than we do in other professions. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, to do the work of being a nurse takes so much of yourself. It really has to be a conscious choice. And most of us want to do our best. We really want to meet the needs of our patients. Um, So if you know that about them and you can say, okay, this isn't, 
looking like um, his or her normal work um, to start out just like you did. What's wrong? Can you tell me this is so different from from you mm-hmm. uh, what I would normally expect from you tell me what's going on just knowing that they're giving that that person is giving you the latitude to say I'm not at my best today yes yes yeah exactly okay so um, we're actually coming closer to the end of the show here and so I wanted to give you an opportunity to to especially say what um what is the main message you really want to make sure everybody gets about this topic? Well, you know, I really believe that servant-based leadership is like a leadership philosophy. And I think the main goal of it is to serve. You know, mm-hmm. we share our power, um, put the needs of the employees first, uh, help people develop and perform as highly as possible, mm-hmm. you know, uh, what can we do to support our staff, our nurses? How can we appreciate them? How can we show value to them? How can we make them feel important and make them feel valuable? Because that's all they want. Mm-hmm. They want to be appreciated. They want to be thanked. They want to hear yes. a good job. You know, mm-hmm. send some congratulatory emails. Blow up when yes. someone, you know, saves a life. And, yes. An actual oh physical card means so much. I remember it, the first time... It, yeah, I got one of those. It was wonderful. Yeah, I think really acknowledging other people's hard work, because like you said, no one shows mm-hmm. up to work to intentionally do a bad job. They really don't, but life happens. And I find that the more I, I just sent an email this morning, thanks so much for doing such a great job with this patient. And the nurse emailed me back and said, Shannon, anything for you, uh, you know? Yes. Isn't that yes. a good feeling? Oh, well, we yes. really are uh, near the end here, so I'm going to have to um, uh, slow us down and take us out. But I okay. truly want to thank all of our listeners for listening to today's conversation. I hope you got a few tips that really um, you know, give you an idea of what you could do that's maybe um, different than what you have been doing and maybe um, you know, just to try it out and see how it works. But it's amazing how quickly... Uh, it really can catch on, but it takes some time. One person stands up, moves forward, and it takes time before everybody else kind of catches it and follows. So um, thank you, Shannon, for being on. And, um, thank you. Yeah. So um, you can feel free to contact Shannon. Uh, also uh, look for her book to be coming out, and it's called uh, Kindergarten Leadership. Is that what it was? <laughs> Kindergarten for Leaders, and they can also follow me on LinkedIn. I'm all over LinkedIn all the time, so I'm Shannon Whittington, yes. All right, and feel free, please, to contact me uh, for any comments, suggestions, topics, guests that you think would be good to hear on Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, and you can contact me on LinkedIn also, but leannevoiceamerica at gmail.com. Until next week, make every day a great day. And don't let anyone take it away. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. Exploring the world of nursing with your host, Leanne Meyer. Be sure to join us again next Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a productive and insightful week.